our thoughts kind of reside, if you can imagine, right behind our eyes, mm. right? It's this little piece of real estate that's like <laughs> right here, well, like right behind our eyes. Okay. Yes, 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 exactly. Where the arms of your glasses would be. And if you can really think about it, you can realize that's where, for the most part, we are living from every single day. And it's almost like going through life with a box on your head. Because you aren't seeing life for what it is. You're seeing, as they say, you see, you experience what you are, not what's actually happening. So we're all walking around the world with a box on our head. Welcome girls to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we are making you live your fullest and fun life. My name is Joanna Vargas, and every week I will pour into you with my stories, tools, and fun radical candor. I believe that when you ask better questions, up-level your habits, and get freaking real, you will have a happier life. If you're looking for more fun, more magic, and more joy, you're my girl. This one's for you. Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Welcome back live to the Get Up Girl podcast. I am your gal and your host, Joanna Vargas. And today I am with Mandy Demetsky. Did I say that right? Yes. You sure did. You sure did. Yes. Thank you. I love it. Now, I haven't seen you in a couple years and we were in a photo shoot together like a couple years ago. That was a lot of fun. Oh, how funny. Yes. Last time we were together, we were in a photo shoot and uh, we were bringing the girl gang vibes. Yeah, that was before the whole COVID thing. And then it was like, yeah. oh, didn't see everybody after that. Well, Mandy, right. this is the first time that you're on the show, right? It is. And thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here and to be talking to you again for the first time in two years on your pod. What an honor. I, I'm so excited to be here. I'm truly excited, too, because I wanted to press record right away so that you and I can actually catch up live and see, you know, what's going on in each other's worlds. So you are a life transformation coach. And how long have you been doing this, Mandy? What got you into this? Yes. So I have been, I have been, I guess, on the side life coaching for about five years because I was a certified personal trainer first. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> anyone that's been a personal trainer knows, knows that yeah, <laughs> you are you are life coaching, you are a therapist, you're you a bartender. Are, <laughs> <laughs> yes. The bartenders know what we're talking about too. Yeah, we're we're kind of, you know, we fill that role in the, in so many ways uh, for the individual that we're spending time with. So, um, I was personal training after I had left corporate America and decided that was just not for me any longer. Um, I was in sales and sales management and actually sales training for. Um, a very long time, 20 plus years in corporate America. And I, I remember my husband at that point just said, at the point where I knew I was also done, he just said, I don't know, I don't care what you do, but you're not doing this anymore because you are so clearly miserable and it's just, let's do something else. Let's figure something else out. So he was very supportive of my my desire to get out and try something new. 
So I actually started, um, I had always had a love of fitness and I started on my personal training certification. And then my clients were all telling me that I was actually a life coach. (laughs) That's what was happening first before I even realized that that's what I was doing. And I, you know, have a degree in psychology. So I knew that I was always very interested in the human mind and just psychology in general. So I got really curious about how I could turn that, my personal training business into more of a life transformation coaching business. And so I went down the road um, of getting certified in psychological fitness. So I am now psychologically and physically (laughs) training certified. And yeah, and so um, I'm actually now in an apprenticeship with the doctor that created the Psychological Fitness Academy. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm getting deeper and deeper into it and now do have a one-on-one coaching business and do group, group coaching for women right now as well. Mandy, I didn't even know that exists. Tell us a little bit more mm-hmm. about that. What is it? Psychological fitness, I mean, is as simply as I can explain it because I like it to be as easy to understand as possible, is really learning to use your mind as opposed to your mind using you. And we, you know, if you're a human, and if you're listening to this, you are, then you know how, how easily we can become imprisoned in the stories of our own minds. And at the same time, not even realize that they're stories. So, you know, so many of us, because we are human, and Um, don't really realize it are unconsciously walking through the world just in our own thoughts as opposed to experiencing life in the present moment you know and and you hear that so often these days like you're let's be in the present moment let's let's get into the present but uh, you know oftentimes I realize with my clients they don't even know what that really means in the beginning and so it really is me taking them through a step-by-step process to realize what it means to be in your own thoughts, a realization that, you know, we've all kind of at some point been attached to our own thoughts and thought that that was reality. Yeah. And then taking them into seeing the world and seeing life through their true psychological core, which is very different than living from your thoughts. Mandy, that's so interesting because, you know, I just taught three classes this morning and, you know, I realized that I love teaching fitness in group settings. I'm just not a one-on-one person. I prefer groups and I actually love it. And the biggest thing that I'm noticing, especially after the last couple of years, I've never had this before in classes, is the addiction to the cell phone. And more and more people have their cell phone out during class. So they're not present. They're not there. It's wow. challenging for me to work out with my cell phone there. I mean, I again, I don't have children. There's nothing there that I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not on call or something of that nature. But I'm like, wow, that I know we can't be present because they're checking texts and checking emails. I can see it. Yep. So that has been 
more on the forefront lately. And I'm like, whoa, is this just part of life? What do I do? Do I say something? So what do you think about that? Especially with the cell phone and not being able to be present just with our thoughts. Now the addiction to having to look at something all the time. Right. It's so true. When I was teaching one-on-one fitness coaching, there were definitely, I had some clients that were so distracted by checking the phone or if the phone rang, they had to get it. So that, that time that was their own that they were paying me for was disrupted the entire time. And that, but that, that distraction and that resistance to being in the moment is an addiction that, you know, we so unconsciously have because we've been conditioned and programmed to be distracted in today's society. Distraction means you can live in the past or the future and not really be in this moment, which, you know, again, most of us don't really have any idea how to do. So the phone feels very familiar. You know, that that ability to distract immediately feels very familiar and it's a known environment, right? As opposed to maybe more of that being in the moment, one-on-one contact with the person or people that you're with. Yeah. It's more and more prevalent nowadays. And then it's, it's challenging for me to be present when my phone's away and I see somebody else look at it. I jump into their reality. I jump into their world, Mandy, and I get, even though I don't even see it, I get distracted. And I'm like, whoa, that's not my reality. That's theirs. But I could feel that I'm jumping in there with them and wanting to just, I have to feel like I'm moving fast. And I'm like, that is not mine. My phone's away, but I could feel like, I could feel theirs. What is something when, when you have a new uh, client, like what's the first thing that you would walk them through? This is very intriguing to me. Um, great question. Yeah. So what we do first is we learn to drop down below the story. So as you can imagine, all of us are, we're, because we're all walking around the world and experiencing it from our own story, which is our past experiences, our conditioning, our beliefs, what we were taught is right and wrong. Um, just what we know is constantly streaming, right? All the time that it's that mental chatter that's always going, going, going. And so the first thing that we do is to A, realize that it's just a story and realize kind of where, if you can think about it, where, where do you feel, if you're going to locate your thoughts somewhere, where do you feel like you would, like, where do you feel your thoughts are? I feel it in two places. In between my ears, you know, in the brain, and I also feel it in my chest. Wonderful. Okay. So yes, our thoughts kind of reside, if you can imagine, right behind our eyes, Mm. right? It's this little piece of real estate that's like (laughs) right here, right behind our eyes. Okay. Yes, 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 exactly. Where the arms of your glasses would be. And if you can really think about it, you can realize that's where, for the most part, we are living from every single day. And it's almost like going through life with a box on your head because you aren't seeing life for what it is. You're seeing, as they say, you see, you experience what you are 
not what's actually happening. So we're all walking around the world with a box on our head and seeing through the eyes of our own past experiences and our own distractions and our own resistance to what is um, and living in the past or the future. So what I do is I walk them through a very simple process of dropping down into like what I, I call it like the seat below the story. And for the first time, my clients realize, oh my goodness, the mental chatter has, if not gone away, then really slow down. And they can, they can sense that, that feeling of peace and calm and groundedness that maybe they had never felt before. Have you noticed that some of your clients have louder or more mental chatter than others, or is it pretty universal? I think it depends on what um, stage you are in your discovery of living from a different place, if that makes sense. So um, as my teacher, Dr. Mark Atkinson says, we have different levels of consciousness. There is, we start with victim consciousness, which as a human, we, for the most part, all start out as we are really, it's, it's what's happening to us. And we don't feel a, like a freedom or an autonomy over our own world. And then we may kind of realize that that's just a crappy place to be. And let's find another way to exist. And you start to go on maybe you know, you're really seeking out how can I live from a different place? And you may realize, okay, there are some tools that I learned where I can control the way in which I respond to the world. And that gives me a little bit more, you know, I feel like I'm in a little bit more control. I'm not so much in a victim state all of the time. And he calls that victor consciousness. And so we're kind of in this place where, okay, we do have some control over what happens to us during the day because we have control over the way we respond. And then if, if you keep seeking and kind of figuring out that you are in fact, not your thoughts, which, you know, so many of us are just attached to our thoughts and we think we are our thoughts. That is reality. Then we can get to this place where we completely detach from them. We realize that we are the observer and we can get to a place of, okay, I actually feel an ease in my life and I feel life flowing through me as opposed to trying to control it. You know, that like victor consciousness can be like, it can eventually feel kind of clenchy and like we're just trying so hard. You know, we're like, we're trying to control everything because we realize we do have some control. (laughs) So we get to a place where it's like, okay, this just feels like I am working and trying and working and trying and working and trying. It's like that doing state where we're go, 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 go. And, you know, at least for me and so many of my clients, you you get to a certain point in your life where it's just like, that doesn't work anymore. I was actually just listening to your last podcast with your boyfriend and you're like, I want to slow down. (laughs) And it's like, yes, I want an ease to my life. And I want it also to look like this. Yeah. Like I, I want to create the life of my dreams without feeling this clenchy trying in type of energy. And 
that's really where I help my clients to get to, to a point where we now become vessel consciousness because life truly is flowing through us. There's a vessel in which we've created for life to flow through us as opposed to, you know, just that, that really um, tense energy that trying too hard and doing can create. Yeah. Mandy, I love that you brought that up because it, it reminds me of something that a tool that I use. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I learned is how to receive. I really truly think that we put up walls, barriers to block out the crap, to block out the stuff that we don't want. So what that does, it actually, the thoughts, feelings of emotions of things outside, things that happen to us, they stick to us almost like a jacket. And now we wear it. Now it's ours. Like you said, we have these stories and we're just playing them. And what if it just moved through us, like you said, and that's receiving. That's the best way I can explain receiving. People go, well, doesn't that mean that you're a pushover or, a, you know, you just kind of take it. I'm like, no, no, no. Receiving does not mean you're a pushover. It means that you can receive it. It moves through you. And now after that, now you have a choice. I have a choice here. What would I like to choose now? But before I was really good at it, talking about, you know, the self abuser up until mm-hmm. my early thirties, I bought everything. Like everything, I just bought it. It was like I was in a store and I would just buy it. If somebody said something, I'd buy it. Mm. If I read this book, I'd buy it. If I saw the news, I'd buy it. And now I'm feeling everything rather than it moving through me. Mm. And that was a big tool that helped me because I had so many walls and barriers that were miles and miles thick. And then I separated myself from things. And energetically, I was just so far removed from people because I was just trying to survive. Right. And now that it moves through me, it's it's like I'm with it. I'm not separate. I'm with it. Mm. And um, so that that's what I took away what from you were saying. I do want to talk or I want to ask you about the self-abuser. So was that when you were in corporate America with your job? Like, what did that look like? What were you doing in your life there? Because I can... Touche. I know what that's like. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, I I started talking about this finally, I would say maybe three years ago, it was something I was so ashamed of. Um, And my, my self abuse came from just uh, growing up in an environment where there was a lot of um, perfectionism modeled for me. It was like, um, you know, I had both of my grandfathers were colonels in the army. So there was a lot of, um, you know, just a very, there's a high standard of this is how we live, look, present ourselves, all of that. So it was like, I, I, I grew up in an environment where I felt like I had to be perfect. And I don't even know if that was really something that, you know, my parents so much, they obviously didn't consciously put that on me, but I don't even know if they unconsciously put that on me, but that's what I took from it. And so I got myself into this place where it was like, I had to be perfect. I had to look perfect. And I never, I always felt like I wasn't living up, right. I wasn't good enough. Um, 
I never felt comfortable enough with myself where I went out into the world and, and just felt like, okay, I'm confident. And here I am, no matter what I look like, or no matter, you know, if I'm, if I gained a few pounds or lost a few pounds or whatever, it was, I was so hyper-focused on my appearance because of some of the messages that I got when I was growing up that it was like, if I didn't live up to some standard that I had made up in my head, then I would take it out on myself and I would self-abuse. And for me, it looked like I would literally hit myself. And I was so ashamed of, of, you know, the fact that A, I would even get to that place. Um, But it would then just, I would spiral into this. I mean, it was a shame spiral. It was like, okay, I'm, I don't look good enough. So I'm going to abuse myself. Then I feel worse about having done that. And it just, it's, it's a spiral. And I know, you know, this shows up a lot in all types of self-abuse, whether it's, you know, an eating disorder or, or cutting or anything like that. As soon as that self-abuse or self-betrayal essentially happens, then you feel such a shame around it and it just produces more shame. You start so, to judge the judgment. Okay, keep going. Yes. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's no way to live. And I was there for a very long time. And, you know, for me, it just, I have, well, first of all, I just have the most amazing husband in the entire world, thank goodness. Um, and he was, so supportive and understanding of this happening. And he was really the only one that knew that I was doing this other than my mother and through his love and support. And also through just me realizing what a toll it was taking on him and our relationship, I knew I had to do something different. And that was, um, gosh, probably 17 years ago. 16, 17 years ago that I just finally said, I can't do this anymore. And I have to figure out how to live differently. And that's really where my, my true personal development journey started. Did you go out and search or seek for, you know, quote unquote, the answer? I mean, I did that too. Cause I'm like, there's gotta be more to life. And yes. Mandy, I love that you brought that up because I used to hit myself too. I used to hit myself you- on the forehead. I've never said it out loud to right now. Joanna. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I did too. It was my head. I, I would hit myself in my, yes. And isn't it amazing that I always thought that I was the only person in the entire world that would do that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then it just created so much shame and obviously shame lives in silence and grows in silence. And so that's amazing that you just shared that. Thank you for saying that out loud for the first time here. Thank you for acknowledging me. Amazing. You know what? I actually like blacked it out, even though it was a couple of years ago that I did it the last time. Mm. It's like this energy of there's nothing else left. And I need to punch something where people punch walls. But I punched me because I was the, the, the person or the thing that created this. So I remember I could never punch hard enough, Mandy. It was like, I wish I could punch harder and I wish I could get like, I, I did I never felt like it was a good enough punishment, so to speak. 
Anyway, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, as my light goes out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you just said it so perfectly. It's like, there's so much for me. It was like, there was so much rage inside of me. To, it was just full on rage that I didn't know how to deal with. And I, I think so many of us are living like that. Like we're living from a place of not knowing how to deal with any of our emotions. And so they're all being pushed down because we don't have any idea how to deal with them in a way that's like socially acceptable or because the yelling and screaming isn't socially acceptable, especially for women really expressing our emotions at all isn't very socially acceptable. And so things get shoved down for so long. And at some point it doesn't, there isn't anywhere else for it to go. Um, it can absolutely manifest into physical ailments and pains. And, and we think that it's structural, but really it's, um, it, it's just your emotion literally trying to come out of your body and not knowing, not having any other outlet. And so I felt exactly the same way, like just such intense rage. Like I couldn't get it out and out of me enough. And it was coming out of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Like it yeah. was literally coming out of the skin kind of feeling like, uh, I call it the Hulk and I'm like, I have a Hulk. <laughs> and yet I've learned to know that I'm this and that now, Mandy, and it helps. I mean, thank God. My boyfriend sounds, sounds wonderful. Like your husband, like he's just, we have these conversations where I'm like, sometimes I am a fire breathing dragon and yeah. I embrace that. She lives in me and she's potent. That part of Joanna can create, can move mountains, can kill if need be. For example, mm -hmm. if, if somebody were to come into my house and harm me, I know that I have that power inside me in order to do something. However, I used to, like you said, push it down, but then it would come out on me. Now I just let it out. I'm like, sometimes I'm a fire breathing dragon and that I am this and I'm a fire breathing dragon. I'm a sweet, cuddly, beautiful, sweet girl. And I'm this, I'm like a million parts of it. And it's same thing that we we're talking about earlier, the receiving, like I don't put a wall up it to anymore. So I wonder, I'm just in curiosity of like the potency that we have, like we're so potent and we're trying not to be potent. We're trying not to be powerful because like, what if we took that power and we can harness it and create different things? We could change the planet. We could save, uh, you know, Ukraine. I mean, you get what I'm saying? Like the things that we can do with our potency, but we're, we're dancing and we're, we're bobbing and weaving and trying not to look at it. And I'm like, Joanna. You are so potent, and I know this power that I have can can move mountains. That's actually my word for this year is potency. Oh, I love it. Yeah, knowing that like <laughs> one drop of a yeah of a chili <laughs> seed is like so strong, and um, and we love chili. You know, sometimes we like chili, and <laughs> but so I wanted to, to bring that up. Well, and so that's so beautifully said. And, and, and what I teach my clients to do, and it's what I've learned to do through psychological fitness is to be in conscious awareness at the same time that I am feeling such anger because anger is not, no emotion is bad or good. And in every emotion is honestly 
the path to joy? Should we learn how to get there? So it's like, now I know how to be angry and rageful and, you know, quite frankly, with the recent overturn of um, Roe v. Wade, I, that, those feelings were pulsating through me. But I can now stay in a place of conscious awareness and allow anger to fill my body. But I can now almost um, drop back into myself and feel it and be it. And um, it's really like a transmuting of all of that potency into joy and to your point into eventual action. Yes. 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 That's where yes. we all need to be. And then it is so valuable. That's how we change the world. We don't change it by actually putting up a wall and now, no, we move through it and it's like, rawr, now what can we create? And knowing when we're aware, right, Mandy? like you said, we're aware now, we're consciously aware. When we're aware, we know what choice will create more or create less. When we're unaware and we're, I'm punching myself and I'm trying not to look, it's challenging for me to make a choice from that place. And then so I'm unconsciously choosing and I'm making choices that are not creating more. But when I'm totally in it and um, not judging me, mm. like, when I'm judging, I cannot create more. So when I'm feeling it and I'm like, I'm a fire breathing dragon right now. So either you stay here or you walk away. Which one is it? And like you said, after every time that I move through it, there's more joy. There's yes. more joy because now I could see. It's like when there's rain and then the next day it's blue sky. It's like, ah, oh, I can see clearly now. Here we go. It's like that. I can see clearly, clearly now. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna turn this to an, into a duet. <laughs> it, it is. It's so true, though. It's it, when you are in a place of um, survival mode, and the only thing you know how to do. And I've been here. I was here for so long, so I get it. Um, and if if you if you hear this and you feel this way, I am you. I see you. Um, we can just, the only thing we know how to do is resist. You know, it's just resist, resist. And it becomes an attack on your own self because what, what you resist persists and you don't, um, just, you, you don't have any idea how to be energetically with the emotions that you may be feeling around anyone circumstance outside of you so it's like resist and fight and just whatever I can do to not feel some of the things that may be being triggered in me from even past trauma whatever it may be it's like the survival mode is trying not to feel trying not to experience this this, this triggering or whatever it is that this outside circumstance is bringing up inside of me. And when we learn to have, when we learn that no outside circumstance has any control or power over us, because we know how to be with the emotion that's coming up in a conscious awareness, 
then we're free. Correct. Then yeah. we're truly free. And, and we know that, you know, again, that's when we become vessel consciousness, when life can flow through us, outside circumstances don't have any power over us. We know who we truly are. We respond to life from a place of centeredness and groundedness and, and, and truly presence and consciousness. And, um, you know, it's a daily practice. It's not like we ever get, nope. it's not like, you know, anything is linear and, oh, I've gotten to this destination and now it's all perfect and wonderful. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Unfortunately, we are all still human. So we get to experience both. We get to experience that, that true conscious awareness of, of who we truly are. We are of something much greater than our human form. And we're also human. And so we get to live in both worlds and how amazing is that? And also it means that nothing is ever going to be, uh, you know, you're never going to just learn how to, how to deal with any one circumstance and then feel like you're always going to be free from that. Yeah. I've heard before, like we think consciousness or people think consciousness is something that you get and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a journey. You're in and out. It's like a, like getting a six pack of your abs, let's say. You don't just get a six pack and go, okay, it's going to be like that forever. Yeah, you keep watering uh, your six pack. The same thing with a plant, you water it. Yeah, this is another tool that helps me is let's just say uh, if something happens in government and it's it just not creating more for your world. It's like, oh, this does not work for me. When I succumb to it, when I'm when I'm unconscious and it, again, sticks me, and now I take it on like a jacket, who has the power? That has the power over me. And it's not, I'm not saying to lie down and just take it. No, the next thing is, you have a choice, Joanna. You have a choice, Manny. You have a choice. Everybody that's listening, what would you like to choose now in order to create a different world? Rather than I'm trying to fight it, like you said, resist it. This is happening. I am with it. This does not work for me or whatever it is for you. And now you have another choice. What would you like to choose? And the choices are infinite. The possibilities are infinite of what we can choose. Many times we think it's black or white. You could choose this or choose that. I can move to this state or I can move to this country. What if there's a million trillion different possibilities from this choice that was made from XYZ? And when I started living from that, Mandy, I became free. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't have the power over me anymore. Now there's moments absolutely where it has the power and I'm like, okay, what can I choose now, Joanna? And so hopefully if anybody listening, that can help. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when you are able to be with the emotion that you're feeling and allow it to be in your body and flowing out, you can sit with it. You can see it recognize it. I tell my clients, say, you can say, oh, <laughs> there you are, Rage. I yeah. see you. I accept you. <laughs> I see you. I accept you. It completely diffuses the situation. You can truly allow that energy to move out of your body and from a place of peace and consciousness. And I can even, I can walk you through a quick exercise if you're up for it. Um, um, but, but we can really come down to, again, our true psychological core. And from that 
space, everything looks different. And we aren't so caught up in the thoughts about whatever may have happened. Like you said, something political that isn't working for us. Our thoughts around whatever is happening can really become the problem that those thoughts create negative emotions that we don't know how to deal with and we start fighting. But if we can be with the emotion, allow it, see it, and and allow it to flow out of us, then we really can, again, act from a place of conscious awareness. And that is a very different response than fighting and resisting. Yeah, please walk us through. Would you like to? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a, um, sorry, I'm going to get some water. (laughs) Water. (laughs) We got to prepare. (laughs) I have to get some water. I drink so much water every day. Um, Okay. So this is one of the first practices that I will teach my clients. And it's foundational to psychological fitness. And it's essentially, we are going to drop down from our thoughts into our true psychological core, okay? So what I always say first is just kind of take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. And you're gonna come into this moment and you can do that by softening eyes, soft eyes or even closed eyes, whichever feels best for you. And you can tune into spaciousness this way. So you're gonna begin to feel the spaciousness in the room all around you, as well as the spaciousness inside you. And we're just gonna tune into that. And feel an inner sense of smiling and an inner sense of just playfulness and curiosity. And as we do this, the only rule is there's no effort or trying, simply an allowing. And what we're going to do is I'm going to count back from five. And from that place where our thoughts are, as we said before, it's kind of right behind the eyes in the front of the head. We're going to drop down from that place into, and you can put your hand here on your very low belly if you'd like. That might help. We're going to drop from our thoughts into our low belly. So again, no effort or trying, a sense of playfulness. And here we go. We're going to drop in five, four, three, two, one. Arrive in your low belly. And there's nothing to do. You're just going to be here with me in your low belly. just ground down take a seat in your low belly and what we're going to do next is we're going to open our eyes and stay in our low belly and just sense what may have changed and even just one word anything different space space awesome Awesome. And then if you've popped up it back up into your head, it's really easy to know you'll be in your thoughts or you can think about something and you can sense the difference between being in those thoughts and being down in your true psychological core, which 
is your low belly. But what you're essentially doing here is you're dropping out of the story. And most people will realize that that mental chatter that's constant throughout the day will flow. And the more you practice this, it will even stop. And so you can practice this anytime you're feeling really tense, drop down, drop into the low belly, see the world from that perspective, look around what's changed, and then practice, practice, practice. And the more we practice, even just this one spot, and there are different places that I take my clients through um, in terms of perspective points at looking at the world. Um, but even this one spot, if you practice in while you're driving or in the grocery store line or just, you know, those easy places where it's not, there's not too much that would, that would stop us from being able to do that. That's, and you can get good at it in those moments. That's when you can begin to use it in those really stressful or anxiety producing situations where then it's just a hugely helpful tool. That was very helpful. I had more space in my head. Amazing. Yes. Yes. You'll really start to feel like all of this stuff stops and just kind of calm. I'm definitely going to incorporate that because I have a few things that I do, you know, like you said, when you're driving, when, you know, and the more you practice, it becomes so second nature, like brushing your teeth. It's, I love to place it on my phone when I'm learning a new exercise, so to speak. So if I were to say, you know, drop down into your belly and play, you know, I put on a, an alarm to go off every couple of hours. And I do that. If anybody listening is like, well, how am I going to remember this? And I just, it just keeps reminding me over and over all day until a couple months I'll do it. And then it becomes, you know, second nature. Yeah. It's so true. That's the beauty of continuing to practice is we're choosing to go into this place. And at some point the chooser kind of goes away and we know how to drop into that place without having to make a choice around it. So I like practice, that practice, 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 practice <laughs> goes away. Yeah. And it just is like second nature. I, I like to say when I start to do it in my dreams, then I've got it down. You oh, know, I've that's done things it. in my dreams. I'm, like, I'm meditating in my dreams. <laughs> You know, or whatever. It may be. Like I must be a I must be a consistent meditator if I'm meditating in my dreams. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I start doing this in my dreams. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness! Oh, I love it. what you said about the alarm because it's like we can forget the human side of us will forget, and again, that's okay. It's the realization. Oh, I've forgotten. Okay, I see you, human side of me. I accept you, and then just begin again. It's the grace that we can give ourselves around you know because it, it, a lot of times we go on this personal development journey and then it's like then we have to have perfection around that and it's really like we really need to just give ourselves grace yeah. because we're all human uh-huh. I went to Tony Robbins I'm supposed to be perfect yeah. now like, okay <laughs> exactly yeah, run again zone. if only yeah. <laughs> oh Mandy this was so contributive like oh. I, I'm truly walking away with a lot. Thank you so much. These are such a gift. I really, truly appreciate you and everybody listening as well. And Mandy, where can everybody find you? You live on Instagram often, right? I don't think yes. you migrated to TikTok as much, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Instagram. 
I'm like, okay, I can only handle so many platforms. Um, but yes, mostly Instagram and um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but I'm at Mandy Domeski everywhere. And I'm also, um, my website is mandydomeski.com and you can learn more about working with me there and um, watch a little bit more about my story and potentially see yourself in it. But I, I, I will also just want to honor you so much for being courageous enough to be in the world so authentically and show up the way that you do. And I know how many people you help every day. So thank you for everything you do on a daily basis to show up the way you do. Thank you, Mandy. I appreciate that. And congratulations to everything. I mean, it was, it was such a gift to speak to you. I mean, I really enjoyed your energy. Like you, you yeah, I, I feel calm around you. You know what I mean? I know people probably tell you that all the time. So I hope everybody listening is like, (sighs) (laughs) I hope so. And thank you so much. I feel the same way about you. I love your energy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Mandy. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Truly appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for listening to the Get Up Girl. And go to Mandy Demet. Demetsky, I'm going to get that right, dot com to learn more about her. What ethnicity? Is that Italian? What is that? Demetsky. That is my husband's Hungarian last name. Okay. I'm like, I love it. Demetsky. All right. Um, yeah. Not even Italian. Not even close. It would have been probably an I in Italian. Yes. Hungarian. We'll tell your husband we said Hungarian. I. And thank I you will. for listening. I will see you next time. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and know of another girl who can benefit from this message, please share it with your girlfriends and tag me on Instagram at Joanna Vargas Official. I love your DMs. Also, I would be honored if you'd take 30 seconds and give the Get Up Girl a five-star review. I appreciate and love you all. And remember, girl, to get up and live fully.